0: How to handle difficult clients, how to make clients feel appreciated and valued, and how to handle and overcome objections. It might be time to ask for some help. That's why we're here. Lone Team Training has our next live wow training coming up. We train your team for you so you can focus on closing loans. Check it out at LoanTeamTraining.com for our next class and see how many five-star reviews we have from past WOW training participants and their loan officers who sent them at LoanTeamTrainingReviews.com. Remember, it's an interactive virtual training with live trainers and we train any of your support staff that is communicating with clients and referral partners. Our sessions are 9 to 1130 Pacific time. Check us out and sign your loan partner or team member up at loanteamtraining.com. Welcome to Loan Officer Team Training. My name is Irene Duford and I'm your host today. And I have a very special guest. Her name is Adriana Bates. She's out of Kansas City, Missouri. She's an awesome originator, a wonderful wife, mother, uh, business owner, loan originator, team leader. Let's see what else can I (laughs) add there.
1: Everything. out here, the introduction phase. It's really good for my self talk. You know, Irene, I don't <laughs> have to do it for my, I'll just let you keep going. <laughs> and it's
0: so fun to have you on, Adriana. I have what it's been months that I've wanted to have this time. And we finally got together. And you have you so know, much. I did what I was supposed
1: to do, I delegated it to Julianne. I made sure that she got it on and I made sure that it wasn't going through. There's some non negotiables like you've taught me. Did you tell everyone how long you've been my, well, haven't actually been my coach, but we've known each other. And I started with Irene as my coach for seven years.
0: Yes. Long
1: time. Seven I'm years. I'm a very difficult student, but it's taken me seven years to finally implement everything you taught me. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. So you delegated it good and you got it done. Everything on my calendar. And there are some very clear non-negotiables that I have both in work and in life. And so it did take this long to get a certain hour block on our calendar that she could fit it in. And I just let her do her thing. I didn't move anything around, even though I wanted to, I didn't get involved. I let her do her thing.
0: Good for you. That's awesome. And what I love about Adriana, what I love about you, and I'm telling the listeners is you are so motivated to get to get the results that you're looking for, whether it's as a mother as you know, a friend, as a business owner, whatever it is, you're motivated, and you will not stop until you get the results that you're looking for. And that's one of the things I love about you because you're motivated.
1: You know, almost to a fault. I'm one of those students that does, you know I don't always want to go through the process, right? Because a lot of people say that process is the journey, and that's when, you know, like for example, in the therapy, right? When I finally got into therapy, I'm like, okay, tell me what activities to do, what boxes to check. I'll check them. I'll do them 100, and I want this result. And What I've realized in my old wisdom now that I'm getting older is that it's not necessarily getting to the end of the journey. It's the journey that teaches us a lot of what we're supposed to be learning. Yes,
0: it really does. So tell us how many kids you have, how old they are. (laughs) I think people need to know that because we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some balance and having uh, being a mother, being a wife, being a, you know, every, everything that you are. So tell us about your family.
1: I juggle three boys, okay, and sometimes I make a joke that I actually have four boys, and I'm including my husband in that. It depends on what <laughs> how much I'm going on at home. So I have three young boys, nine, seven, and four, and they are chock full of energy and craziness. I wouldn't have it any other way. And a lot of people are asking me, they're like, "Oh, are you done?" You know, which we should t- we should totally discuss on another podcast about fertility things and the questions that you get as a woman. <laughs> You know, it's so easy to ask, oh, are you done? They don't know if anyways, they don't know about my fertility journey in the past anyway, but I think we are done, even though I do really, really, really wish that we did have our little girl.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm excited because you're going to be sharing things today on the podcast for other family originators, maybe not even just only women, right? But men too about how to juggle yeah. things and how to, how to do it. So what, what was one of the things that you started out? Like if not to go back and say, if you know what you know now, then what would you do? But what did you actually do? How did you juggle that when you first started with children? Cause you were originator oh, before you had kids.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't do it well. I juggled it very, I think I dropped a lot of balls and not on the work side, unfortunately more so on the family side. So I remember telling the story when I first met you, Irene, you know, I was the originator that was on my hospital bed right after giving birth to a child and was just so thankful that I had quiet, like no one from the team was reaching out to me. None of my real estate agents were reaching out to me because they knew I was giving birth to a child. So I knocked out some work. I was locking in some loans. I was getting things done when I really should have enjoyed that moment that I'll never get back with my firstborn son. And then my secondborn son, I still wasn't you know in the mindset that i am now i didn't have things built the way i didn't have my perspective on life and work in place yet and mm. i was i feel so guilty when i even say this but i was so excited that my husband at the time was taking the oldest home and then my newborn was in the nursery for a little bit and i was just it was quiet and i built a different business plan i was working through i was like making changes with my team so i think looking back okay i didn't juggle the work and the life, family life. Well, I, I wish, and this is one thing I hate using the word regret, but I do, I'm working on that too. I don't want to regret, but I do a little bit that I wish I would have cherished those moments. And I'm getting a little bit emotional talking about it. I wish I would have cherished those moments a little bit better. Even with my youngest son, I started a company two days after he was born. And this is going to be TMI. And especially for the males listeners, and you can edit this out if you want, but even to the point where In milk production, this side was so much better because I was always holding the baby and then typing or texting or working with my right hand. So there was, it's just because he was always on this side so that I could be working and typing. I started clear mortgage right when Spencer was born.
0: Yes. So you had something going on with each child, like something big going on. I think that's my
1: personality in general. I think I do always want to feel, I have a weird sense of always wanting to achieve. And so I find a lot of my validation and approval for myself when I have multiple projects going on, when I'm feeling successful and everything. So I think that's just who I always will be. I'll always have multiple projects always. And you know what? You
0: shouldn't feel guilty about that. That's part of who you are. What I've noticed as a mother is that the one that I, I have felt guilty over the years as well for not being there and for, you know, uh, my husband was always there because he was a teacher at the time. So he always had the same time off the kids had. And my dad was there. He lived with us and he really helped with the kids. But the one that missed out on was me. Yeah. I'm the one that missed out on it. I don't think my kids missed out on that much because I've asked them as adults, they're adults now and I've asked them. It was more me that missed out.
1: I agree 100%. And my husband and my spouse, which should be a podcast just for, family dynamics And another, another time, we are also
0: partners.
1: Okay. So there was a lot, and it's very difficult to not feel resentful sometimes when we feel as though they have the ability to go and be more present with the children. And that's just part of the roles that he takes, but we've gone back and forth and we are in couples therapy. I think that should be a mandatory thing. He makes the choice to prioritize that. And I have to too. So if that is something that if I want to be the, the parent volunteer at my fourth graders Halloween party, then that has to be a non-negotiable on my calendar. And I have to choose to do that. That yes. just means that I have to be way more efficient on my money-making activities and things that I'm working on prior to. Yeah, And I agree to that. I agree to that 100%. Mm-hmm. So I do feel that I am, I did miss out, but I'm making a change So that doesn't, I don't have that guilt going forward.
0: That's it. And one of the things that I noticed, like I said, we miss out when the babies are little, they, they don't notice it as much when they get older is when those changes hopefully happen. And then you do make those changes by the time they do notice. And your kids are at that age now where they're noticing that mom is there with them. They don't remember unless you tell them, they don't remember that you, you were focused on business when they were born. So, just I to beat yourself it. up is my point. A I know I
1: shouldn't. I won't ever miss a game. I won't ever miss a practice that I need to be there. I occasionally might go to the wrong practice or drop them off in the wrong place, but that's just me. That's my personality in general. <laughs> so they're gonna have to forgive me for that. But I am. That is one thing that I am just knowing. I'm not gonna, you know, play. Oh, the woe is me. I'm so busy and I have to be doing other things. If something is important to me, it has to be important enough that I prioritize it on my calendar and make it happen.
0: That's it. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I love your journey. So tell us a little bit about how that journey happened. So how did you get to where you like are most today?
1: People, yeah, most people I know, I didn't choose to be in the mortgage industry, right? Like the mortgage industry found us. I would, I went, came from a super high achieving family family. Uh, academics were very important to them. And uh, after getting my master's, the economy wasn't great. This was back in 2009 when I got into the mortgage industry. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of choices. I wanted to make money and got recruited into mortgage. Started at the very bottom. Was Remember when shippers existed where you had to like stack the files? Started as a shipper, worked my way through operations, and eventually fell into originating and fell in love with it. And started with a a retail shop and uh, learned everything about it and just was that originator that did everything i was the one man band thought i needed all the control you know still am very aware that i struggle with control at times but i'm doing much better with that and then i've worked for a retail shop i've worked for a bank i've worked for an independent mortgage bank i've worked for pretty much all of the same you know i've i've been around and worked at all the different type of uh, company structures and uh-huh. eventually just decided that I wanted to run a company. I, I had a lot of managers, right? So I've been through all that. I, I knew exactly what I didn't want in leadership. So I, I thought this is a great time to build something then that I would like and and build the leadership the way that I want it. So I started clear mortgage back in 2018. 18. Started it and then great. started running it and hit the ground running in 19.
0: Yeah. What a great journey. And you have a great mindset. Like we've talked about mindset a lot and reaching your goals and how do you make that happen? But we both believe in being super intentional about our, what we say to ourselves, right? So what's one thing that you do that you're intentional about to have good self-talk and what you say to yourself?
1: No, there's a podcast and Irene, you started this with me because you gave me those. It was a file that I would open every morning and well, and for women, we have a very, most women have a very particular morning routine where we're putting on our creams, getting our face ready, all of that. So that's the perfect time for me to get my mindset prepared and in the right place. So there's an, I'm going to pull it up. There is a podcast that I love. It's super quick and I love her voice. Like she's just very calming to me. Um, It's called think positive daily affirmations. So it's a great little podcast. It's very short. And she focuses on two affirmations every day that just get your mindset right. And I have gotten to the point where I write them down and write them down five times and then also write them down on sticky notes. And I stick it right on the back of my phone. And then also on my dashboard when I'm driving in between. Love
0: that. That is a great one. So think positive is the name of it.
1: Yeah. And I don't care which one you listen to. Just get your mindset right from the very beginning. Maybe don't start your day with the news or something like that. Even though I'm guilty of that too, I sometimes hop right in and start listening to the news. And I don't necessarily think that's the best thing to listen to, depending on your your I don't think so either. But I am a creature of habit. So I have to, I feel accomplished if I know I've done these three things in the morning. I used to try to do the Miracle morning, right? The miracle oh, yes. morning. Yes. i not a great journaler. I kind of felt myself like fudging, like the writing. It didn't, if it's not coming from the right place, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors, right? Like if it's not right. true, if you're not truly being honest and authentic to yourself and when you're journaling, I just think it's whatever. You're- yes. and, It needs to um, be uh, that you connect with it. Correct. Whatever so it is I, that
0: your morning routine is.
1: I don't read in the morning. I mm-hmm. I try to, I actually do better by reading at night. Um, I just more in a relaxed state when I have a lot of things that I'm going through in my head, like checking things off and organizing my day and my thoughts, reading isn't something that I'm great at in the morning, just because I feel like I could be doing other things. Mm -hmm. I try to open my emails until I'm done with my affirmations, a workout and getting ready. But you know, you see text messages coming through and sometimes it's, it's, it's hard. I try not to though, just because you go down those rabbit holes.
0: Yeah. It's really easy to do that. So
1: tell us about your workout
0: routine. Like what is I know you've, uh, you. this is really big for you. This is a big part. And this is the piece that a lot of people are missing, including myself in many times is the exercise portion. Cause it, it helps you have a better mindset, a better outlook, makes you feel better. Tell us about what you do.
1: I also don't think i have a very healthy, and I've talked to you at length about this. I also don't think I have a very healthy relationship with body image and with food and with working out. It becomes I am working on, this is something I'm actively working on, how I feel about myself and my self-worth has a lot to do with if I'm eating properly, if I'm on my workout regimen. And I think a lot of women can relate to what I'm saying here is that I feel really in control of my work and that I'm going to kill the day if I feel good about myself. And that has a direct correlation with what did I eat? Did I drink the night before? How did did I get my workout in the morning? What did the scale say? Which is horribly unhealthy, but it is part of my journey right now. So when I am on, okay, I have, I realized that going to the gym is not something that's going to be possible for me. It's too much prep work. It's too much of the drive time. It's too much of the social piece that happens at the gym and then coming back especially with the three boys. So what I found that works really well for me is that I did jump on the Peloton bandwagon and I have the bike at home. And then I also have the treadmill and I have a tonal tonals like the, the lifting piece, because as we get older and our hormones change, I think lifting is very, very important to maintain muscle mass and just your body for uh, women as we get older. Mm -hmm. So I try to work out at home five times a week, and then I also decided to try this other, it's called body 20, which is a 20 minute workout, which seems amazing, but it's very hard. You're hooked up to these electrodes that like shock you as you're working out to make your muscles work harder. Oh so my I mean, goodness. It's, it's crazy. It's supposed to be equivalent of like four hours in the gym. Anyways, that one is a given is a trendy thing. So don't jump on that. But if you can find what works for you for some that might be, I don't know, do going on your morning walks. I think that's also a great thing. If you can get that done very early yes. in the morning. But you find the routine that works for you, that gives you the confidence in yourself. What makes you feel like you've achieved for the day? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that are listening that are probably a lot like me. And if you check that off your list, your whole day's mindset is going to be very different than if you did not For sure. And you're going to feel better just, and even
0: with your mindset, but also physically you'll be healthier and
1: when you exercise. So, yeah. I think a lot of people in our industry and a lot of people that are going to be listening to your podcast are addicted to that endorphin kick. So whatever we can do to get that, I think that's also really important um, yes. as long as it's a healthy way of achieving it. I think that's fine. So
0: here's a question for you that you're you're not prepped for any of these questions, but I'm going to ask this question. What is one experience that you've had? And at the time it was super hard, but it taught you a great lesson. There's so I, many. I,
1: but the first one that I think, since we were talking about like workouts and things like that, the first thing that jumped to my mind is 75 hard. If you haven't done it, that's like a big, that was tough. That was really tough. And that was a really hard mindset thing to get through. But once I was done, I was really proud of myself and mm-hmm. I was proud of the results. That's really difficult though, for people that have type A personalities like ourselves that have control and it can slightly lead to unhealthy habits. Like it's difficult to maintain that in your everyday life, but it was really difficult to get through. And I was very proud of myself. Once I got through that, the other thing that was really tough every time in business, when you're going through a transition of anything, it seems almost like dauntingly impossible. And what was me and yes. the sky is falling. But once you get through it, you look back and you're like, you know what, that was obviously for the better in whatever the amount of way. So anytime that I've transitioned in my business life, I feel like that has been one of those journeys where it seemed really, really tough at the time, but then I was really happy once I got out and of the end. Same thing with childbirth and children. Think yes, of the like I don't know. Every child has been one of those ones where, wow, this is really tough, and I'm happy that we got through. And then for a long journey, it's been my relationship at home and my relationships with my friends. My gosh, you know, I've been with Sean now for 13 years going on, and it's been, and I've talked to you about it. It's been ups and downs, and it's been a journey. It it's is been really times.
0: But you know, it's that way in every relationship, right? I mean, you see things on social media, we all post the positive stuff, right? We're not going to post negative stuff to make people feel bad, but it's good to be honest once in a while and say, you know, there's some struggles here and there, but you're trying to be positive. Not because I I try to post positive things, not because I'm trying to say, oh, look at me or I only have a good life because I don't only have a good life. We have hard things that happen in our lives and nobody is exempt from that. Everybody has them. Doesn't matter what they are. We're not going to sit there and blast them on social media for the whole world to see, but we do blast the good things, right? So everyone has trials and it's important to remember that. What I love about trials, as much as I don't like them when they're happening, is when they're done, you realize that you're stronger than you thought you were. You're stronger than you thought you were capable of being.
1: I I really, yeah, I really agree with that. I also think if you're getting in touch with your faith and you believe and you have faith, regardless of what you have faith in, I don't care which higher power you believe in. But I think when you let go of that control and realize that there is a journey that we're on that is far bigger than just us, I think there's a calming sense to be like, there's something that's supposed to be taught to me through this. And I just, it, uh, sometimes I'm excited to know what that is.
0: Yes, it's true. I'm reading a book right now called Discipline is Destiny. I think that's yeah, the name of it. I, I am yeah, my, by Ryan.
1: I'm yeah. the best at buying the books to read. Trust me, Irene. Me, me too. I them, they're like stacked <laughs> on my screen. Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm, I'm actually finishing it now and it is so good. It's reminding me. I Go bought then. it on purpose because... Ryan Holiday, he's a great writer anyway, and I love his stuff. But what I love about this is because I've been on this journey of trying to increase how I use discipline to have more discipline in in my life. I have some things that I'm super disciplined at, but it always amazes me how we can be so super disciplined in one area and not disciplined in another area. So one day I'll figure that out, right? How to how to juggle it so that you're disciplined in all areas. But I'm on this journey right now to be more disciplined in my eating, in my exercise.
1: Ooh, I know, but see, so I go back and forth on this. And right now I'm obviously in the one where too much discipline and too much, it's a control thing, right? We want it control is. of all of that. Yep. And I'm really trying to be more accepting that if it's not, the way it needs to be. I can't control that. You know, I'm trying to be more forgiving to myself disciplined in in every area because I find myself beating myself up the most is when I don't have the discipline of what I promised myself that I was going to do. And then it just spirals for me sometimes. So I know Mm -hmm. that's triggering. It's really triggering for me, but I agree with you. There's many areas in my life where I wish I had more discipline. Yeah. But for me, what it is, is it's about
0: health. Yes. Because I'm at an age now where I can't let all that stuff go anymore like I did in the past. And it's catching up with me. And so it's I'm in a different place than you're at right now. But I do believe you need to be forgiving with yourself. And it doesn't need to be perfect. The perfectionism is what makes us have more control as well. So you're right. You do need to let go sometimes and just say, it's okay that I didn't get that done. It's not the end of the world and it's, you don't want it to be triggering. So everybody's different, right? About where they are and, and what they're doing, but discipline, as long as you have it in the areas that really matter. And especially with our families, that's where we need to give our best. Most of the time when we're exhausted, we give our best to everyone else and our family doesn't get our best. So how do you feel about that?
1: I do. I, I want to remind myself of that. I also feel like we give ourselves our best. Actually, I give myself. I do give my best most of the time to my family. And then, you know who suffers at the end is me. I put myself last. And I think women are very naturally guilty of that. So yes. another, my family typically does have top priority. Sometimes I might not be in the best mindset because I am exhausted and I'm not the best version of me that I want to give them, but I still give them me. The yes. one that always gets the short end of the stick though is me personally. That's why I'm trying to, and- Self-care, I feel like is so overplayed right now, but I do feel it's important. Whatever your self-care is, it doesn't necessarily mean the spas and the facials and the massages. It means taking the time for yourself that's needed so that you are the best version of yourself for your family.
0: Yes, I agree. And that goes for men and women. Men, it may not be naturally to put yourself last, but there are men also that need self-care that need not in the same way that women look at it, but in a different way. Maybe they need to go golfing or they need to go, you know, play basketball.
1: Yeah, they have a lot more testosterone and energy that need that's built up just naturally in physiology. And I'm sure there's some science studies on it too, that they probably do have some things that need to be taken care of. Otherwise they aren't the best version of, of themselves to their spouses, to their children, you know, yes. and I, you know, as women, we are, we can always feel like we can tell them, Oh no, men are just naturally more selfish. I think it's a good trait that they carry, that they realize when they do need some time to make sure that they are the best version of themselves. And sometimes yes. I'm jealous of them. You know, I wish I was better at it yeah. until it hits the breaking point, And then I'm just lashing out at everyone and I'm like, okay, I need to take a walk. Yes. I need to put myself in my you know,
0: <laughs> Yep. we, some of us have a longer way of, a yeah. of longer version of until we break down. Right? right. And it's funny. My husband can always tell when I'm getting this close to breaking down, he get, we've been married for 43 years. He knows me so well. And we've been through kids and adults and, you know, grandkids and all of that stuff. But he can tell better than I can sometimes how close I am to that breaking point. And it's it's a great thing when you've got a spouse like that. I think it's also a great thing that he's supportive of that
1: and understands it. You know, It's when there's the resentment or when it's not communicated well, or when one feels like they get to give themselves time and the other one doesn't. I think that's right. where it's really, you and Kevin have such a good relationship with the communication side. And I'm sure it hasn't always been that way. I think- no. Absolutely. Yes. And so
0: I don't want to give this impression that it's always perfect because it's not because every couple has to go through those things, everyone, and they're different for everybody.
1: Did you notice like every problem, everything that we have comes down to one thing, it comes down to communication. You know what I mean? Every problem that we have in our work, it comes down to communication. Every problem that we have in our relationships, it comes down to communication, communication and expectations. That's it. So if we could just perfect all of that, that's where our focus needs to be, right? (laughs)
0: Yes, absolutely. And if we can communicate and be honest about our communication in a kind way, that's what makes the difference. And putting other people first is important as long as we're not always last. You know, we don't want to be always last because we've got to have energy as well. And it's important. Do you have a loan partner who does the loan consultations, structures the loan and converts the buyer to work with you? Or maybe you have a loan partner or a team member that you would like to move into that position so that you can be freed up to go get even more loans. How about a newer loan officer who could benefit from some training in how to convert buyers to work with them? Our client conversion training is very specific to this role. It will help them convert even more clients to work with you and your team. We help you to be seen as a trusted advisor. We cover every aspect of converting clients to work with you They're gonna learn emotional intelligence, what it is and how to utilize it. They'll discover the key to a success mindset. Yep, we go deep on this one. How to build rapport right from the first conversation, how to ask the right questions, how to answer objections, specific dialogues and strategies to overcome rate shoppers. They're gonna practice live with other class members and they're gonna also learn how to ask for and receive referrals. How to master the loan consultation with loan strategies that help the buyer make great decisions for their future. Client conversion training will set your team apart when they implement the training that they're gonna receive in our class. It's a virtual interactive class on Zoom with live trainers and your team members can attend from wherever they are as long as they have audio and video. Everyone participates. It's a 10 hour live class divided into two and a half-hour sessions from 9 to 1130 on Thursday and Friday for two weeks in a row. Sign up your loan partner today at loanteamtraining.com. You'll find the class on the Client Conversion Training tab. So there's been a lot of fear in the market. There's been a lot of fear and a lot of conflict and a lot of... Negativity. Yeah, a lot of negativity. And, And I know that can happen anytime, but it's been pretty specific this year.
1: It's been a long cycle of negativity for us. We haven't have really had a break. Mm-hmm. I think this... Oh, go ahead with your question because I was going to... Well,
0: no, I, I was just going to say, how have you worked through that fear? I just, I like to talk about fear because I think it's important to to address. So this is... Uh,
1: I think, okay, let me back up. I think right now, yes, is a very specific time where I feel like there's been a lot of fear, fear but I also feel like in our industry, we never got a break. We went from chaos of the good, or actually a huge piece of fear. Do you remember when in March, I think the date was like March 9th or something. It was March something. It was the beginning, early of March of Mm -hmm. 2020, when we were all like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen to our industry in general? We didn't know if Fannie, Freddie, everyone was going to pull out of the market, like all of a sudden. So then as the economy started to shift and they wanted to keep the economy going, then they dropped the rates and then it became a heyday, right? So we never, since March of 2020, it, we haven't had a break from this no. extreme emotion at all. It has, we haven't been in a, what would you say? We're even in a normal market, probably like 2014 to maybe mm-hmm. 2000. Maybe yeah. you call that normal. Normal. Anyway. So I think we went from this range of emotion then. And if you didn't have someone and your family and someone keeping you grounded, it could be very extreme in the other direction. You know, you could be very addicted to the grind and the work and the hiring and bringing on and, and, I think if you didn't have the right mindset to understand that this wasn't going to last forever. Yes. I think the fear is coming because a lot of people are witnessing what is going on with companies and individuals that didn't make the best decisions as this shift started to happen. So I think the fear is coming even more so because we are starting to see lenders and, and our peers exit the market. And that is Mm. scary, right. Because we don't know, If there's people that are above us that we can't control that are making the right decisions, right? There's things that we just don't know. Fear comes from a lack of knowing, I think, and not having that control. And I think fear is an emotion that can be very dangerous for people. If you function in an emotion of fear or a state of fear, it can be really detrimental to your health and to your business. So I think one of the ways that I've really tried to work through this market right now and work through this mindset is to have a lot more logic In place rather than emotion. So when I feel myself being triggered, I try to like self-analyze myself to be like, okay, what fear came in? Do I have a fear that what what's the worst that actually going to happen? You know, okay, the business doesn't produce and we lose all our money and we have to sell our house. Okay, my family's still healthy. My family's still safe. You know, like have to like just kind of like talk myself through that sometimes, and keep my head down and keep my head down. I know it's hard for us right now, because we have to feel like we have to be relevant with content and we have to absorb content to produce good content. And in that cycle, you absorb some really nasty crap and it's hard to not let your mind get full of that and then become just another minion that's functioning in that, in that fear. Mm -hmm. I think as long as you can keep your perspective and come from a really good place of gratitude of what this industry and what you're, what you're, career has built you this far, then I think you're just going to be just fine. You just got to focus on that. I agree. Focus on the gratitude, on the good things happening. On the good things that it's brought you. Yeah, yes, I do. And remind yourself that, you know, you've got to still have that attempt of balance. You know, you can't just work harder to grind through this market. That's not going to happen. Don't go into an unhealthy swing of the other side. Yes. Yep, you got. You, in, in have from logic, you have to look at your business and make the cuts that need to happen. You have to do it. Yes. You can't. There's a fear that you're also like fear of. Oh, should I really lay off? Let's use laying off for an example, right? It's not mm-hmm. fun. It's not something that you enjoy doing. You don't enjoy just breaking people's hopes and dreams and hurting them and their family. You don't enjoy that, right? But you can't function in this state of holding on to them in hopes of the market shifting and having them on board so then you can really turn through the next heyday that we have, you know, you've got to really understand that. Okay. Make the cuts when are, they're needed and then hire when the opportunity does come, I guess yes. is going to be.
0: And leave on good terms if you can, so that you can rehire people when you can. If you can, Yeah. And in yeah. some cases you can, and that's okay too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think fear, making decisions based on fear is something that I've that I've done myself and I've seen people do over the years. And it's not a good idea to make decisions based on fear. It's a good, it's it, like you said, logic.
1: Yeah. yeah, it is hard.
0: Yeah, it is. Have you ever made a decision based on fear and it just was not a good decision?
1: I've definitely made decisions based on fear, but I'll never look at one of my decisions and be like, okay, that was really crappy. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I've made some switches in my career before based on fear. Yeah, maybe some of the choices I made like in education. Mm -hmm. I have this weird habit though, of things that have been really traumatic or like to me that I just forget them. Like I have that very selective memory where I don't know if you've ever done this exercise where you like try to think of like happy times of your childhood. And since we weren't, you know, raised to have a lot of emotion, I couldn't think of like times that I was like really super happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's so I can't think of a time that I really made a bad decision on fear, which is probably good, but also that's probably kind of a good sad. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sad no, that I, I, I think
0: it's good. Fear can immobilize people and that's what you can't let it do it can... because one of the things about making good decisions, whether it's based on fear or not, is you make a good decision, you have a good outcome. And when you have the wins, when you feel good about what you've decided, that's what you have to hold on to. Because the next time you go through something hard, you have to go back and remember, hey, I've been through hard things before and I can do this. I have the ability to get through this hard time because I've done it before. Maybe not the same thing, but I've, I'm have i strong. I can do this. And that goes back to self-talk.
1: I think I this is where I have that weird personality where you, you've told me this since you've met me, where you have that weird like super motivated, super like run through a brick wall. When I am scared, it goes the, when I'm functioning on a place of fear, I go the other way. I work so hard. I grind myself up. I don't ever let a bad result happen. Like I, when I'm functioning out of fear, it is not good for the rest of my, it's not good for my family. It's not good for my friends. It's not good for myself health. It's not good for that because I work so hard to run away from that fear, to never let that thing that I'm scared of happen. For example, what I'm going to is like, I always have this fear. This is something I'm working on therapy that it's never enough. Like the money's never enough. The quality of life. We can never go on enough trips that we can never have enough for our kids. Like it's always more, 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 more. When am I actually settled? That's fear-based. There's something that I'm like scared of. I still don't know what that is, but that drives me into this cycle of like crazy obsession where I think I'm just going to work so hard that whatever I'm scared of will never get me, which mm-hmm. is not helping.
0: Yeah. You know what? I really appreciate you sharing that Adriana because a lot of people feel that way, but they're not willing to admit it. They, they're they not aware. They're not self-aware of what's, what's causing this in their life and it, how it's holding them back. And I really appreciate you sharing that because you're super successful. You're loving kind. I mean, everybody loves you because You could be one of those super successful people that doesn't want to share anything only wants for themselves, you know, people like that, but you're not that kind of person. And you're sharing openly here on the podcast to help other people that are going through what
1: someone going through the struggles that I've gone through by all means. And that means my work here on this earth is, is done. That is like, I, if. Or if someone just feels better, just hearing that they're not the only one out there, that was something that was super important for me to be like, okay, I f- it can be very lonely in the world that we're in. And when you feel like, okay, maybe I am normal. Someone else does function that that way. It doesn't, whatever that is, if it makes you just an ounce of a bit happier, that 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 that's what I'm here for.
0: Yes. And you know what I love is the fact that we're sharing and it, it is helping people and you're openly talking about how you're getting through it. Like you're on the journey. You haven't arrived. Nobody has. Nobody has arrived.
1: If someone believes that they've arrived, they've got another journey that's coming from them. It's coming from them. Yes. Like, I think we're always evolving. I think that's, that's just humans and, and, and nature. We're always evolving.
0: Yes. And having a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset where we're, we're looking forward to the future. We're doing things that are helping us get there reaching our goals but we're doing it with a positive attitude and if not we can change that
1: one thing that I wish I just I just wish I had and I'm working on this is the patience like I want things and I want them to happen now I it, I'm sure we're all if you're listening to this most of morning, us <laughs> you understand exactly what I'm saying I just wish I trusted that process and gave everything that I start enough of a chance to finish it you know to get there mm-hmm. because that's one thing that I I'll start everything. And I'll start it real hard. But if I don't get what I want soon, like I, I I, don't give it enough time.
0: Right. I get it. And there's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. A book. T- tell us about a book that's had an impact on you. Not necessarily something you're reading right now, unless it is, but one book that you can think of, and you probably have 50 of them, but
1: one one that always resonates. And everyone asked me this, my favorite one, the E-Myth Revisited. Have you read that? Yes. Oh, yes. I love, I love that book. And that book really, and this is more business than anything. That thing—that book really opened my eyes to systems and to process and to um, scaling and to growth and, and to building something that we all want, which is a an asset in our business that can become residual and can become passive eventually. Like that, that book really changed me for that. So if you haven't read the e-myth, there's also the e-myth revisited. I would highly, highly suggest it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. I try to always, I feel guilty, which is weird when I'm reading something that's not self-help. Like I don't enjoy reading, so it's already tough, but I feel guilty when I read anything that's like nonfiction or like pleasure reading, you know? So I'm always jealous of my friends that are like, oh, I'm going to book club. And I was like, man, I wish I would allow myself that time to enjoy it. But anyways, what I'm saying is I'm always trying to find these self-help or coaching books or like what I told you, I'm always buying them. But for me Mm -hmm. to actually enjoy and read them is something that if I find one, I've found it for life. Like I really talk about it forever.
0: Yes. You know, I'm glad you brought that up about feeling guilty sometimes for reading something that's not self-help because you know why you feel that way is because you have a very minimal amount of time to read. So you want to make it work for you. Right. But what I was going to say, and I thought about this while you were talking about this is Adriana, you are in a season right now. You're in a season of life where you have young children at home and you have a business you're working on and you have a husband and friends, but you have, you're in this season of life completely different season than the season that I'm in but I've been through your season and I remember what it was like to be in that season I'll never forget it what it was like to be a businesswoman an owner of a business and have children and a husband and you know church things and all kinds of things going on cuz you've got sports and everything but you're in a season right now and it's not going to last forever mm-hmm. and so I want the the listeners to remember that if you have children young children or even teenagers, especially teenagers, you're in a season right now and that season will pass. And then all the goals that you have, you'll be able to reach all of them, just not right this minute because you're in a season.
1: I, I've tried to remind myself of that. And sometimes it makes me sad because I do as much as I complain about the season. I love this season. Of I course love you do. Where my kids are right now. But then I always remind myself that eventually my kids will be gone out of yes. our house. That's why we also have to prioritize our relationships with our spouses or with our life partners or whomever whomever you have. So I we really have to make an effort too. And that's why I do feel good too when I'm reading, because I'm thinking, like, oh, I should, you know, let's do some, let me do something with Sean. Let me see if we can plan. And he's really good about that. He's really good about planning date nights and and just the two of us. And he's so good at that. And that's something I really appreciate in him. And I actually probably rely on him too much because I'm sure he feels it that he's the one that's always making us a priority. And I'm not that much. So I do, that's something that I really want to do is to make sure that once the kids are out and we're out of that season, that we are still friends and we still want to spend time together because exactly. I see how long when yeah. relationships, when they get to that part where the kids are gone, their lives have revolved around the kids so much that then they're like, okay, who's this person that I'm yes. supposed to spend my life
0: with? You know? Yeah. And you can have both. You can have both. And it's not always balanced. Sometimes it is paying more attention to the kids, but then you balance it out over time.
1: You're probably just like me. I hate the word balance. It doesn't exist. I don't think- Juggle is a better word. Or like harmony, like understanding that sometimes like your work life is going to be more demanding. And then sometimes your home life is going to be more demanding. If we can live in that harmony where it's like, I just balance. I felt like balance was like an uber trendy word. Four years ago, and we all are trying to get it, and it doesn't exist. It, it doesn't, doesn't. Exist.
0: no. Mm-hmm. And juggling mm-hmm. harmony is a good word. I like that because it's the same mm-hmm. way in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you have harmony. Sometimes it's
1: your husband so doing Obama. it. Remember, Michelle Obama just talked about this. About sometimes, you know, someone's giving sixty, and someone's giving forty. Sometimes someone's giving twenty, and someone's giving yes. eighty. Like always, an ebb and flow.
0: Yeah, it really is. Ebb and flow is the perfect word for it. But that's, that's the essence of a great relationship is sometimes you are giving 90 and the other one's giving 10. And sometimes you're giving 50, 50, and sometimes you're giving 10 and that's just the way it is. And that's, that's, if you can understand that and realize that that's how life is and that's how relationships are, it's a great thing. It is, it's a great but thing. I think it's when you're in it, right. To remind yourself of what's happening. <laughs>
1: and yeah. not be
0: Exactly. But it's important to remember that we have seasons in life. I'm in a different season now than I was 20 years ago. And I want different things than I did then. But one of the things that we did do is we made sure to have a date night, which is what you were talking about. I think that's really important. And make sure that you're not always just with each other or just with the kids, but you have a little bit of each. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen that fast. But either way, you don't beat yourself up over it. You just say, we didn't do so good last week. Last week, Let's do better this week. I agree to that. And same thing in our business, right? Sometimes we don't do so well and sometimes we do better. Yeah. And I think there's things that like
1: in my business, I wish I would have really understood what I truly enjoy earlier in it, you know, and delegated the stuff that I didn't because there was a lot of times and I was thinking of some of the hard journeys. Journeys are hard for me when I'm forcing myself to do something that I really hate. Yes. And if you can figure out a way to have that stuff still get done, but it just not be you. That's where I wish I would have gotten to that point much sooner in my career. I think I would be a lot happier in my career journey than I am. Not that I'm not happy with it, but you know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. I would have enjoyed the journey a little bit more.
0: Yes. I know what you mean, but it it takes some time to learn how to do that. And it takes coaching and it takes therapy and all kinds of things to let go. Yeah.
1: And to function outside of that fear because you're scared. You're like, okay, I'm bringing on extra expenses, extra payroll, extra this. And, and it is scary. Yeah, it can be. But
0: what word of encouragement do you have for loan officers out there today in the current times that we're in it's August of 2023 and rates are higher than they've been in a long time, but they're not high because when I bought my house, it was, we were at, you know, 13%. So Mm -hmm. For those of us that have been around longer, we know that it's not that high. It's just high compared to where it was.
1: I think that this is a journey that we're all going to look back on and be like, okay, this is why we went through that. It is tough right now. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It sucks right now. I wish. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. We're getting shopped. You try to do all these things to not get shopped. And then you talk to somebody and they're like, no, I never get shopped. I'm like, yes, you do. You just don't want to talk about it right now. You don't want to admit it, or you want to make yourself feel better to be like, oh, I'm not struggling with something that Adrian is struggling with. Anyways, everyone is having a hard time, whether it's retaining clients, retaining your referral partners, doing the tough stuff to make yourself stand out right now. Mm -hmm. What the word of encouragement that I have is get through it, get through it and watch what happens on the other side. Do I know how long that's going to be? No, you might be grinding now for six months, 12 months, 18 months. I don't know when it's going to end, but one of my close friends and actually partners like Erica told me today, she's like, I feel like we're on one of those military walks. You know how like they show these, these things in the military where they wake everyone up in the middle of the night and they just tell them to start walking. Uh-huh. You really don't know how far <laughs> you're walking <laughs> for or how long. This is the time where we're weeding out the week and you've got to be one of the strongs that just makes it. So yes, functioning from that place of fear, function from logic here and just do what you have to do to make it through. And you'll reap the benefits on the other side when we get there.
0: I love that. And have gratitude in your heart for the little things. All all the little
1: things. Gratitude every day. And trust me, you're going to not know what you're grateful for. You're not going to be in a grateful mindset, but get yourself there. If you can get yourself there every day, then your outlook on everything, will just be so different.
0: Yes. I love that. So we're going to end it on a good note today. I love the advice that you've given. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. You know how much I love you and I'm so grateful for our friendship and our relationship.
1: Yeah. It's it's been it's been such a such an amazing amazing journey with you Irene. You've been such a close friend and a mentor of mine for so long that I really appreciate you.
0: Well, thank you. And so we're just going to
1: let everybody
0: end their day or end their this podcast listening to it on that encouragement that you've given them. And I just appreciate you so much for being here. I know you were busy and It was hard to get us together, but it happened. So I'm grateful. We'll we'll have to do another one at some point. I think it's fun.
1: I feel like I could talk to you forever about all these things. Yeah,
0: that's how I feel too. So thank you for being here. And thank you everybody for being here. Appreciate you being here and listening, taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast and to Adriana and I. And uh, we hope you found value in it and share it with others, other loan originators, other business owners, just anybody. It's not just for loan originators, even though it's called Loan Officer Team Training. We focus on that, but today was a little bit different, and I really appreciate you sharing and being open, Adriana. So everybody have a great day, okay? Bye.